When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, fellas, thanks for uh, thanks for coming out. I'm sorry we had to do it a little later today, but um, as you guys know, Aaron's mother um, passed away, and we had the service today and funeral, so I uh, appreciate you waiting for us to get back. Uh, really, really excited. I love this class. I think uh, we got what we need. You know, we got longer, we got faster, we got more athletic. And we got a bunch of guys who love football. And I'm not sure I value all of them in that order, to be honest with you. I love, you know, the guys who love football do really well at Rutgers. And uh, that's something I think is consistent for this group. Um, most of all, we have a group that wants to be part of what we're building. They can see what we're building. They understand the culture and they're a good cultural fit. So um, I think this is two years in a row. Last year's class, I felt very, very much the same, and uh, just really excited. Can't wait to get uh, get to work with these guys. Some of them will be here mid-year. Some will come in June. Uh, that's kind of a always a floating thing, but uh, looking forward to eventually working with all of them and them being a huge addition to our family. So uh, I'll try to answer any questions I can. Um, before I do that, though, I have to recognize, you know, this is – this is a multi-year pursuit. Recruiting has changed. You know, you don't recruit one class at a time. You recruit several at a time. And uh, my director of player personnel, Eric Josephs, is is phenomenal. He's my right-hand man. Uh, his staff, Tim Silvernail, who's our director of recruiting, and Cassie Petty, who's our director of recruiting operations. I mean, the, those three are phenomenal. And they work year-round to help the coaches and, and myself build this build this class and um, I can't thank them enough because that's their their primary job and focus every single day and they're and they're the best so thanks to them and to the entire coaching staff who works tirelessly to to recruit this class and uh, it definitely makes Rutgers football better and with that I'll I'll answer any questions I can Fooch he is a really good football player um, he could be a number of things. He could be a wide receiver. 
He could be a, a safety. Depending how much bigger he gets, he could, he could even grow into something else. But I believe he's, he's going to be a really good safety. But why, why you know, pigeonhole him? He's a good enough athlete to do several things. He's the number one player in the state of New York. That's the second year in a row that uh, Rutgers has uh, been able to recruit the number one player in the state of New York. So, as I've said many times, we have more, more players on our roster from New York than any other Division I team, scholarship players than any other Division I team in the country because New York is, you know, I drove today an hour and 20 minutes. You know, I can be in Staten Island in 20 minutes. So uh, New York is, is certainly a huge part of what we do. Greg picked up a quarterback late in the Johnny Shepard. Can you talk a little bit about him, what endeared him, what endeared you to him or him to you? Yeah, uh, he caught my eye. I get, I get confused now when I was out. I was, I was out, I think it was a bye week, and I went by the school. They had a corner that we really liked, and I saw him. And he caught my eye. So we kept following him. And uh, Eric kept showing me every week his games. And I just loved his, the way he played, his temperament, the way he led his team. He's a winner. I mean, the guy wins at everything he does. And, uh, you know, I finally, at the end, I just said, I want that guy on our team. Um, so look forward to coaching him. How important has it been to kind of go back down there and have success, and, and how much do you feel like you've made progress going back down there and, and kind of bring guys Well, back? Florida has always been an important part of our recruiting strategy, um, first time around and, and in the second time around. Um, it's hugely important. I think we got some really fine players and really good people, guys who you know, see what we're building and want to be part of it, see what our culture is and want to be part of it. Uh, that's the most important thing. And, you know, nowadays with – all the social media and all the uh, you know technology, the world has shrunk. So it's even even more convenient than it was uh, last go around. But uh, you know, I told you the story. When I went to coach at the University of Miami in '99 and 2000, I fell in love with Florida football. Um, you know, they, they they play it year round. They practice you know 15 or 20 practices in the spring, uh, and know a lot of people down there. Our coaches know a lot of people, so it's really a, a natural fit for us to to emphasize recruiting in Florida. And, you know, there's so many flights from basically every part of Florida to the New York area. So uh, it's pretty good, pretty good natural fit. Coach, uh, I know you're a social media savant, but. Uh, <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah. I know you guys put out these videos with Scott Hansen from the Red Zone. It kind of made this big splash. I'm curious if, A, that was a paid uh, partnership and how that came about. Yeah. And, and did you like the outcome of it, I guess? I thought it was a great idea. Uh, you know, our creative staff, Jordan Walkstein heads that up. Our creative staff is phenomenal. And uh, they meet and they discuss things all the time. And as you, as you joked about, okay, I am not such a media, social media savant. I, I really don't like it. So um, I let the young guys figure out what we should do. They thought it would be a great idea, and I agreed with them. And, uh, you know, I know the kids, our, our signees really were – we're excited about it, and uh, it's gotten a pretty good, pretty good feel. So anything that you know you can get that excites those kids, that's good to me. And now you watch. I mean, that'll become what everybody does. You know, that's okay. I've got a two-parter for you. Uh, are you any closer to offensive coordinator? That recruit uh, is not. No, today is about recruiting, but it's a it's a very uh, timely question. So. I'll just say that we're, we're working on it. I'm working on it. Um, but the reality is we need to get the right 
man for the position, not the fastest. So when I finally decide that it's the right guy, I'll let you guys know immediately, and uh, we'll get, get to work building our offense. Uh, and do you plan to take a quarterback from the portal at this point? Well, you know, any position, you know, quarterback obviously is the most important position in football, maybe in all of sport. But uh, if we have a guy, whether it's the portal or in high school, if we have a guy that I think can make our team better, we're going to recruit him. But it has to be a fit. It has to be all those things. So we've looked at every single quarterback that's coming to the portal, and we've evaluated them. So we're certainly looking at them all. But if I think it can make us better, we'll, we'll definitely recruit them. But that's a, on an individual basis, every single guy. But we, our office does an incredible job. Every player that enters the portal gets evaluated and in a rather fast manner. So you can imagine when all those guys were flying into the portal, it was some late nights and some early mornings. Sometimes those ran together for that crew. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll evaluate everyone. If they make us better, we'll, we'll, we'll make a move on it. Just a really quick follow-up. I mean, so if you, if you don't, you will, you'll add, if you don't you'll, you'll go into next season with a very little experience at quarterback. I mean, Gavin this played some this year. Obviously, he would be the starter. I mean, does that concern you, the level of competition you would have in that room? If you, if you... Well, it would, be, it would be Gavin. It would be Evan. It would be a Johnny. And then it would be our walk-ons. We'd have three. You know, my goal is to always have four scholarship quarterbacks. That's always been the way that, that we've done it. Uh, if you go way back, maybe you had five. But that doesn't work anymore. The reality is guys don't hang around if they're in a four-quarterback room. Two of them usually leave. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, you say there's not a lot of experience, probably not a lot of game experience. But Evan's been in this program for three years now. And he's played some games, uh, and and now, with with um, that room kind of those two guys kind of being a little more seasoned, I look at them a little differently than than uh, than that they're not they don't really have experience. Just that they've been around. Now we're all going to be starting new in whatever system it is that we're running, so um, there'll be some of that learning curve anyway on the ramp up, but. You know, you got to remember, like, look at some of the guys that have come to us through the portal. I mean, they've come as late as June and July. Uh, you know, so there's several. Everybody wants to get excited about this window right now. There's going to be a lot of portal movement. You know, you only have to be in by the 19th, right? And then there's another portal opening after the spring. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of portal movement after the bowl games. You know, I think I think there's. This is a way of the future that, you know, you're really just going to have to, it's going to, if you think there's a beginning and an end, I don't see it ever being an end. I think it just goes like this. And it's something very much like when I was in the National Football League, you have your pro personnel department, right, that constantly knows about everybody in the National Football League. Now, that's easier because there's only 1,696 active players in the league, but they also have to know about all the guys that, are on practice squads, which is another 320, and then they have to know about the guys that are on the street. So it adds up quickly. Um, I think college football is getting to be like that, and you have to be prepared. So, you know, do, you, do we here kind of put a little bit more premium on the guys that are from this area that went away? Sure. If, if we're studying guys that, uh, that possibly could go into the portal, you look at those guys. Um, but you have to be prepared. Because if you wait for every guy to show up in the portal, 
you know, you're usually behind. Truth of the matter, you have to stay up. So we're evaluating all the time. It's become that, which, again, I don't think, I don't like when people say those are unintended consequences. Like, you have to be a fool to think they're unintended. I mean, what did you think was going to happen, that people weren't going to evaluate people throughout college football? I mean, that would be silly to think that. If you, if you think that any college coach that is trying to win would do that, then you don't really understand football So, uh, and the competitive nature of it. So it creates a lot more work, and it, it creates bigger and bigger staffs. You know, who's going to do it? Right? People have to do it. So um, you don't want to get me started on what I think because that would be a longer conversation than we have time. But, uh, yeah, it's, things are a little messed up right now. Greg, going back to high school recruiting for, the, for this Thank class. Thank you. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, for the second year in a row, you took a guy that was predominantly a quarterback, but you're taking him as a wide receiver. Last year was Rochelle. This year is Nakun Jr. How do you uh, evaluate these guys when most of their tape is predominantly playing quarterback? I think, you, you know, in this day and age, there's so much to look at, Richie. So there's camps, there's combines, right, where these kids go. Um, other sports, you watch hand-eye coordination. But when a guy's really talented as a high school quarterback, you, know, you go back years ago uh, with Coach Paterno, you know, he recruited several quarterbacks and put them at all different positions. And you got to remember, even in high school, I think that position requires a great decision-making, right? You have to have hand-eye coordination. In this day and age, if, the, if you're at a school that has any quarterback runs, then you have to be able to run the football like a running back. So think of all the skills. You know, you can pretty, you know, I think if you, if you try, you can see that skill. And, uh, you know, we're thrilled with, with Train, with Rochelle. And, um, you know, I, I think Junior's going to be the same. I think Junior's a, a really fine athlete. And uh, who knows where they end up? I don't try to, you know, kind of DeFuch's question. Why pigeonhole them? Get them here and figure out where they fit best. I know if you get guys that are great athletes, that run really well, right, and that are a cultural fit, we'll find a place for them to play. Great. A couple of follow-ups on OC. I'm just wondering if you can give some details as far as people you've interviewed, any roadblocks you've hit, the interest in the job you've seen out since you started going about finding people, just any details you can share. I know you got to ask it, but you know the answer, right? I mean, yeah, I'm not going to get into any of that, right? I'm going to – that would be self-destructive. When you're, when you're working a search, you don't ever, you know, volunteer that information because that could ruin somebody's situation where they are right now. Um, certainly, they're, they're all guys that are working. They're all guys that have jobs, and I would never jeopardize one of the candidates. But you got to ask. That's what I said to Steve. It's a timely question, and uh, I, don't, I don't have any problem with it, but I can't get into the details as you – as you imagine. Well, I appreciate you understanding. Sure. Uh, and just another one on OC. I, I imagine do you understand, though? I, I do. There I you do. go. Good. Uh, when you're recruiting, I imagine you're recruiting a lot of offensive guys out of the portal, and I imagine they have questions to you about the offensive coordinator when they ask you those questions. Oh, I guess, one, do they have those questions? And if they do, what do you tell them in this situation where you don't have someone in that position? You know, most didn't really have questions about it. Most want to know, like, if I'm a receiver and I know I can come in and be a number one receiver, are you going to throw the ball some? Yeah, okay, I can do it, as long as there's catches to be had. If I'm a tight end, are you going to use the tight end? Well, yeah, if, there are, you, know, if, if you as the head coach tell them we're going to use the tight end. You know, so does it help to have that guy to speak to him? If, if the guy's a good recruiter, yeah, the more good recruiters you have, the better. But I don't think it's as, as big a deal as maybe uh, one would think. It, you know, 
again, if you're not going to use the position, so that, that's one thing that I have to answer him as a head coach. But I think it's it's overall it's it's not been an issue. Greg, you added two uh, portal guys in Rogers and Dixon. Can you just mention uh, what what kind of brought you brought you them? Yeah, uh, I think number one, both really good players. That's the first thing that brought us to them. One's a corner and one is a safety. Um, we had some connection with our staff uh, to to both of them and and our players for that matter. So when they went in, we thought they were good targets. Um, we immediately got, jumped on them and got them in to visit and did all those things uh, and really thrilled with both of them. I think they're going to come in and really be part of our defense in a hurry, and that excites me in the back end. I think we're going to have a really strong back, back end of our defense. Greg, two-part question. One, you got some key players back. How does that excite you? And also, any thoughts on NIL and, and Knights of the Raritan, the million-dollar match? Did you say the billion-dollar match? Oh, okay. I was, I was hopeful you said billion, but um, well, you're right. You know, getting Mo Ture back. You know, a lot of this. You know, I, I, I kind of alluded to it at the end of the year, but it's probably a good time to talk about it. You know, we had 12 surgeries that ended guys' 2022 seasons, and I just did the wrap up with our with our medical people, um, and we had 179 missed games from guys in the two deep through surgeries and injuries. I've never had it like that. You know, I think a year ago it was 101 missed games. So it was 78 more missed games from injury. And when you're doing it, you hardly even realize it. You know, you just keep going, next man up, you keep game planning. But when you, at the end of the year, when, I, when you look at it, you go, holy cow. And Mo Ture, who was our leading sacker in both 20, uh, 20 and 21, and Moses Walker, who was, you know, as I mentioned, the number one player in the state of New York, uh, a year ago, both of those guys got hurt in the spring. And then we had 10 surgeries within the season that put guys out for the year. So 12 guys overall. Um, so to get them back and to get some of these other guys back is really going to be exciting uh, to, to see that defense. And because a lot of the guys were on the defense at full at full force. Um, and then the second question about NIL, you know, again, that's that's the climate and in, in the, the the area that we are in right now in college football, and um, I don't like the way that it's handled. I do think players should get paid. I've said that since the day I took this job in in, uh, in 2000. I mean, I stood up at a at a coaches meeting once and suggested, and kind of got laughed at. But uh, had we had we had a little more forethought earlier, I don't know if it would be such a mess right now today. Um, but we are where we are, so there's no, no use crying over spilt milk. I think that it needs to get under control. I do think the NCAA is trying, but it's really hard right now. The, the momentum is in the other direction. So what you have to do is you have to build your own. Don't, don't cry about what somebody else has. I've never done that. You know, that's, look, there's never been equity in college football before, so why should there be now? I mean, I'm not worried about that. I'm not trying to have equity. You know, we find the guys that we like, we recruit them, we coach them up, we develop them, and that's how we've been able to go compete. So uh, we'll continue to do that. We will use NIL. Uh, I really do encourage our fans and our supporters that uh, I don't, you know, some people just don't agree with it. The way it's being done, I really don't agree with it in all ways, but it is, the, it is what we're in right now. And if we want to compete, we have to be able to 
let our players, especially our players, retain the players we have. That's that's the critical part for me, um, because you know people don't have a clear understanding what the rules even are. Like you can't, you cannot use NIL by within the rules, right, to recruit a player, whether he's in the portal or he's in high school. That's illegal. I'm going to give you five dollars to come play at Rutgers. You can't say that. You can't do that. Yet it's done every day, multiple hundreds of times a day. Um, we're not going to do that. At the end of the day, I'm going to go to bed at night and know that we've done things the right way, and I'm good with that. Um, but we do need it because you know what? You've got to retain the guys that sit in these seats right here, the good players that you develop. And so far, so good, but it's just going to get more and more competitive um, to keep your own players. And, uh, again, we're, we're trying to find the guys like we did this year that want what we have and that want to be part of what we're building. So, again, I'm really excited. We're involved in it. We're going we're gonna to use it the best way we can at Rutgers. And I just encourage our fans to help support that and our, and our supporters, our boosters, to help support that because it is critical, very critical. Um, you mentioned uh, speed and length that you added with this class earlier. I guess compared this class compared with the previous few, how much closer do you feel like it needs to be you know, compared to when you first took over? And how much do you feel like you guys improved into that area overall? Well, I think it's a good question. I think it's more the cumulative effect, Chris, than it is like this many guys versus that many guys. I look at it as like a pipeline. If you, if you start a siphon, once it starts coming out the other end, then it just keeps coming. Well, that's where we are. We're trying to fill that pipeline so it starts pushing them out the other side. And now we have, you know, play after play after player that has those skills when you look at them. And NFL scout said something to me. He, uh, he stood there and watched all our guys come up the stairs and take to run. And he said, you can clearly see the guys as you came and your staff, you know, you clearly made that a priority. And it is a priority because we play in, you know, the Big Ten is called the Big Ten for a reason. It's not the Little Ten. There's big people that play in this league. And when you look at the people we play, they're really, really big guys. And you have to have big people to play in this league. You touched on it on your NIL answer, but a number of college coaches in recent weeks have talked about poaching in, in college football. Washington State talked about it. Mac Brown at UNC talked about his quarterback. Uh, I guess I'll ask you directly, have you heard any of your players, other programs reaching out to your players and attempting to, to poach them? I have. What were your They're here. So we're fighting it off, right? But uh, yeah, it's it's happening. You know, I don't I don't like standing up here and feeding the fire, so to speak. It's part of life right now. But it's a life that we made. So like anybody who makes wants to moan and groan about it, we could have avoided all this. We didn't do a good job and it's our own fault. So you know what? Figure it out. As I tell our players a lot, you gotta figure it out. Well, we as coaches gotta figure it out. And that's what we're trying to do here at Rutgers. Um, it's not easy, and there are people that have more resources in that area, that you know. And, um, but let's, let's be sure we're under the same understanding. This isn't new to college football, right? It's, it's been going on forever. It's just different kind of mechanisms to do it now. So we're going to keep doing business the way we do it, and uh, I feel confident that it may take a little longer, but we're going to get there. There's not one concern that we're not. We have really good people in this program. We made it even better uh, finally today with this long process in recruiting this class. We'll have more additions, and uh, we'll just keep moving forward. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all state to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state fire and casualty insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.